right, we are back on Christmas Eve. I mean, are we the only surf podcast actually broadcasting on Christmas Eve? I think so. I mean, I can't imagine that there's any more dedicated than this one right here. Worked straight through COVID. Yep. Into Christmas Eve. Never a break, never a day off. No, there's no such thing. Uh, Matt Parker from Album Surfboards is working today too. He's going down to the factory to pick up finished boards because people are expecting them for Christmas and New Year's. Phenomenal. I mean, guy doesn't quit. We're sitting in their new space. People can go to YouTube if they want to see the space or on Instagram. I've filmed a little bit of it, but uh, Album is expanding. Fantastic. Are they keeping the building next door? No. They're, they bought this building. I don't know if they bought it. I I don't think they did. Uh, and I know they wanted to keep the building next door in addition to this, but there was some issue, landlord situation, I think. Hmm. Um, but this has a shaping bay in the back. This has reads, like it's kind of a better layout for their needs. And this used to be Jed Knoll's business, Greg Knoll's son. And the room that we're in now was his shaping bay. Imagine how many beautiful boards, how many big wave guns. What, what kind of boards does Jed Knoll shape? Um, I remember he was doing some like hybrid shortboard alternative surfcraft stuff. Okay. Alternative shortboards. So. Just think of all the alternative magic that happened <laughs> in here. But I bet Greg Knoll's feet have graced the presence. For sure. They I can feel have. his aura yeah. a little bit. Have you ever met Greg Knoll? No. Yeah. Have you? I don't. I'm trying to think. I don't think that I have. He lives up in your old stomping grounds. On the North Shore of Oahu? No, Oregon, I think. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, he does. Mm -hmm. That's true. Why does he do that? Does he live in Bend? Everybody lives in Bend. I know. Is that where he lives, though? No, I don't know where he is. Oh, He's in Oregon, but I don't, know, I don't know where. But it is, isn't it strange how many people have moved to Oregon? Yes. Entirely strange. I don't recommend it. Really? No. Well, uh, Coos Bay might not be... I mean, is Bend better? No, I'm no. not a fan of, personally, I'm not a fan of Bend. Why not? Uh, it's like that, like, Altiplano feeling, like the high plain sort of, like, dirt and whatever. I mean, Mount Bachelor is a beautiful mountain. Okay. Uh, but I'm not a big fan of Bend. Also, I just want to protect Oregon. California should stay in California. Smokescreen. Yeah, a little bit. Smokescreen. A little bit. What makes Oregon special is the fact that it's less crowded. Altiplano is not what I think of when I think of Oregon. I think of uh, trees, Lush. all Pacific all, Northwest greenery and wet. All Eastern Oregon is like one giant high plain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Now that you say it, let me give you some more slack right there. It's, yeah, Eastern Oregon I'm <laughs> certainly not a fan of, and that is no smoke screen. Okay, so um, it's Christmas Eve. Did you listen to Christmas music on your way up here? I didn't. Did you? I did not. No. Was Christmas music playing in your home before you left? In fact, it was. Yeah. Because Lauren is in the kitchen baking. And uh, last night I was in the kitchen cooking. Christmas music has been playing nonstop. But I was anti-Christmas music for a solid decade. Until, but now that you're in a committed, loving relationship. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the deciding factor, no. Um, it was, the only access to Christmas music when we were growing up was Coast. Oh, yeah. Coast starts at the end. It's a local radio station for Southern California. After Thanksgiving, they play Christmas music 24-7. Straight. And it's really just the top 40 hits. It's Mariah Carey. Well, Mariah Carey after Love Actually. I yeah. feel like that Mariah Carey song wasn't that big yeah. before Love Actually, and then it became that Massive. anthem. Massive. Yeah. Oh, man. But um, 
so the top 40 Christmas songs I never need to hear again, yeah. of course, you know? And I would actually just like cringe thinking about going into stores because they would be playing all of those. So now you're into Spotify deep cuts. That's the thing. Is what I hear Co you saying. Coffee House Christmas. And okay. it's like little instrumental renditions of something that you don't even realize what it is until like 30 seconds in. You're like, oh, this, this is. This is Jingle Bells. Yeah, I love this track. A jazzy know? Jingle Bells. And so now I'm back on track with Christmas music. Speaking of lo Love Actually, uh, Christmas film, of course. A They don't do those anymore, do they? The... Uh, there was a string of years there where the multi-star, what is that called again? When a ensemble, yeah, the yeah. ensemble rom-com, or I guess they're not even necessarily rom. I mean, com, they're mostly just rom, right? But there mostly. was so many Love Actually type that came out for a while. All stars, like every person in it's a star where the camera kind of bounces around. They don't really interact. Yeah. And then there's, but there's some like connecting thread. So turns out now with streaming, they're making them faster than they ever used to. Mm -hmm. And we've been trying to watch them this year to oh. get in the Christmas spirit, like just a random Tuesday night. Let's see what Christmas movie is on. And there's eight of them on Hulu Ooh. and they're awful. Yeah. Like actually terrible. You cannot believe how they got made. There's usually one star in it. Not a proper star, is but the star like, like Scott bio. Yeah. <laughs> like exactly like that. I didn't see him this year, but I mean, I cannot tell you, we had a string of eight movies in a row where we were like, Oh my gosh, how did this get made? And then we landed on one this week that I think might be the new love actually. Like oh, it, it was actually pretty good. An ensemble production. It wasn't an Scott ensemble. Bales. It was, um, the girl from game of Thrones, Amelia Clark. Okay. Okay. You know who that is? Yeah, Mother Dragons. Okay. I didn't right? watch the show, but the real fair yeah, yeah. skin. She, I think her hair was like platinum. Yeah, in the she show. was the Mother of Dragons. Okay. In so Game she was in this and she's great. Um, there's a famous dude who is, he's like become big in the last couple of years since he was in Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, yeah. He was that the guy. tall, the good looking, handsome, handsome guy. The handsome one. I think he's I mean, Malaysian or yep. something. Uh, so he's the love interest. But the movie was, I thought it was a cheesy. Um, you know, whatever, just rom-com, like you said. And then it actually took a couple of serious turns and it was actually really good. What's it was poignant. It was good. It's called Last Christmas. Okay. The, the Wham! does the whole soundtrack. Last Christmas. So it's, uh, it's about, like, yeah. based on kind of the lyrics of that song. Okay. Um, the mom is super famous in it. I forget what her name is. She's a British actress as well, who was in Love Actually, who played Alan Rickman's okay. wife in the movie. Okay, yeah, well, uh, not Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Yes, it's yeah. Emma Thompson. Yeah. She's in it, and she's fantastic. Um, it was really, really good. Phenomenal. Well, I was really surprised how good it was. Maybe, last Christmas. That's my maybe I'll watch Last Christmas tonight. Tonight is your last chance, or did, tomorrow probably. Did you uh, get busted as you left this morning to go pod podcast for working on? Christmas Eve. Yeah, or just yeah. like, I got a real like frown. Like, what is this? Well, what is this? You didn't this? tell her in advance? I did. Oh, but, okay. and I think it was like, okay, you know, whatever, you got to do what you got to do. But then I think when reality set, when I'm choosing to surf podcast instead of being home with the family and getting in the holiday spirit, that my values, I think, were, were thrown into, yeah. Cersei's the hardest working woman in showbiz. Like, how, is. who is she to? Like, I would imagine she's on the computer right now typing away. No, I think that's the problem. I think she's over the stove cooking away uh, while I slip out. Okay, time to go talk surf. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's a <laughs> concern about equal distribution of work more I, than it is. I think so. Okay. Mostly. Yeah. Okay. 
Mostly in general or just mostly with this conversation? I mean, per uh, this today, me okay. choosing, me choosing, but Iron Man streaks come with pain. They do. I mean, you don't get, you don't get to be number one by taking Christmas Eve off. No, but it turns out it's Cersei's pain and the children's pain. Exactly. <laughs> Passing the pain. They can pay the price. Well, we better, we then have an obligation to your wife and children to make it the best show. The best ever made. surf podcast. Maybe the best surf podcast full stop. I think that's already proven. Even better than an Ockcast. Maybe. It's going to be hard. Ock. I think he's quit. Really? No. I haven't seen him publish a podcast in a long time. The Ock cast was the was the sleeper hit of all surf podcasts, I think. Aki, when we look knew? back in the annals of history. I think Aki's Ock cast will be the number one. People will say this was the high watermark of surf podcasting. The I'm Ock fine cast. with that. Yeah. I bow down. Yeah. Um, one final thing on Christmas music. Last night, Baby It's Cold Outside, a new version of it came on with oh. new lyrics. How did it go? Well, was you it know, COVID related? No, it's anti-rapey. Because oh. you know, like the original Baby It's Cold Outside got canceled like a year or two ago because it's too rapey. It's yeah. a guy basically. Saying, hey, I can't go home. The girl's saying, I'm trying to go home right now. And yeah. he's like, no, no, no. It's too cold out there. Yeah. Like stick around a little bit, Liar. And she's like, I, I'm feeling lightheaded because yeah. of this drink that you've given me. Even yeah. like he roofied her, you know. The new one is woke. Like, so what? Like, baby, you can go anytime you want. Yeah. I'll call like you an you're Uber. In And so I looked it up that right before you walked in. I'm like, what were the lyrics to that? So I can quote them. John Legend apparently did a version last year, and it wasn't as woke as the one that I heard last night. I don't know who did the one last night, but the lyrics were literally his refrain when she'd go, baby, it's cold out. Like, I think I should go. He's like, you're fully entitled to <laughs> what you want to do. <laughs> like, like, it was hilariously was it, it was almost like a farcical was it satirical no i think it was, it was dead legit serious. it was a legit woke baby it's cold outside yes. wow i'm gonna go find this i'll as find soon it as i get home i'll okay. find it post it on the website and i'll also send it to you okay because i didn't have the time before you walked in but it was literally like i looked over at the tv to see the spotify like the image of who it was singing and it was like this hipster couple so it was not like satire. hipster white couple i do not think it was satire wow i'm excited it to was hear it. hilarious it literally one of the lines was you're fully entitled to the, your opinion or the way that you feel or something <laughs> like that it was ridiculously bad oh, well, um, i'm excited that, yeah, so that, that was makes funny. my season bright right there there you go well um We've got pipe to recap. I put together a section called Memory Lane where we look back at the year's headlines. Oh, fantastic! I don't, I don't know how deeply we want to recap re, uh, pipe because didn't we kind of last time? <sighs> last time done. they were no. So last time, oh, they just started running. They called it back on Wednesday night. Then we got together Thursday morning, and Ryan Callanan was in the water while we were recording. Got it. Uh, I think the only real thing of note for me. Uh, was Kelly Slater's performance, of course, and Kelly Slater's dropping in on John John. I liked that. Kelly Slater flipping John John off in the water. Very interesting. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. Many screenshots. Um, yeah, that's mostly it for me. So um, Kelly's performance in general, you have commentary on that? Did you? I mean, I just thought that what? I mean, it's cliche to say that content Kelly continues to surprise, but I think he, I mean, it really is pretty phenomenal what he's doing. I mean, to beat a stacked field or get third. I mean, he, he smoked 
Jack Robinson was notable. Yeah. Like, because that I felt was, we've seen, you know, the potential um, clash between the young bucks, whoever it is. And for a while it was the Cooley kids. Yeah. They were the young bucks. And that was now 15 years ago contending against Kelly, the old guy. And, you know, he smashed them for part of the time. Then Mick won a couple titles, mostly when Kelly was off tour, but he put up a fight against them. And then, the Brazilian storm comes along and he puts up a little bit less of a fight. Andy was the greatest clash, you know, and he puts up a fight there and he could, it's just been repeatedly this storyline emerges. And so to have it happening when he's 48 years old is compelling. Notable, a it's notable amazing. sporting achievement. We've seen him do it for three decades. Here's the thing about it that I wonder, uh, is surfing just plain not that hard where like if, Mentally, Taj Burrow wanted to. He could still be. I mean, Taj was never the perpetual bridesmaid. Bridesmaid, but it is what separates Kelly. Not necessarily the fact that he is surfing well, but that he's still mentally playing like heat strategy and stuff like that. Where you'd imagine that you know, I mean, say if Joel Parkinson's disease was uh, still on tour and was like mentally keyed in, would he be surfing as well, more or less as he ever was? And, and let's, let's not doing airs and stuff like that, but like taking off deep, you know, getting shacked, nice, cute carves, etc. I mean, he could win at sunset. Yeah. That's he, what I'm saying. He could win. So I think what's interesting about surfing is that, um, you get better at it in certain ways. So the tour isn't the tour is designed in such a way that no Parkinson will not win. Kelly will not win. It, of course. I mean, once it gets small, they're done. Exactly. But when it gets big, you know, and certainly good when it gets really good and big, the part of surfing that you get better at with age and experience is, um, being more attuned to the ocean, essentially taking less damage, having to paddle less wipe, wiping out less. You're, if, you're more discerning. There's risk mitigation what, that you don't uh, have when you're young. What are the old people golf tournaments called? Is it the, the mass? No, the masters uh, is a tournament, but do yeah. they, they have a league of like, do they, they have a whole league of like basically retired. I feel they do like where it's like just old go golfers go to play in that league. If they had in surfing a, uh, sort of a master's division yeah. where you'd have the best surfers of the last years and you could go up to, you know, if you, like if you can perform up to the level, it's no, no age too old, but you put them in literally perfect surf. Like you get a, yeah. a perfect day at, you know, cloud break or whatever. Right. Um, would you watch? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, uh, what? whenever they did those heritage series heats, yeah. like I think it was Brad Gerlach versus pots at lowers a yep. couple years back. It was awesome. The, I would like to see the masters division versus the, uh, sort of grab bag of best of today, right? I think, like so I on, think, in one perfect day have team, you know, Parkinson, Kelly, Taj, Dane Reynolds versus Dane is included in the I heritage mean, series at this point. I mean, I think Dane is right, Dane has aged himself into that group. So that's what's in. I think the problem with this scenario is that Gerlach and some of the masters still have 
I don't know, uh, the ability, they just don't surf frequently enough. Yeah. Whereas Kelly is surfing frequently enough. So if Cloudbreak was pumping, Kelly could go out there and rule it and pipelines pumping, he can rule it with Barton Lynch. It'll take him a while to shake out the cobwebs because he surfs probably less frequently now, but they all have the knowledge and probably the kind of inherent talent in their bones to do it. They just need to I shed if, a couple of pounds and I wonder if there was real incentive. Like if somehow the world surf league, yeah. like there, there was a real something to win, not just bragging rights. Yeah. Then they would train and get ready for it. Do you want to know? I heard, I know now, uh, why the WSL never takes any of our advice, our perfect advice. I finally know well, the reason. If you look back at memory lane that I've prepared for us, they have taken our advice, Oh, but, I mean, but why? It is truly as we speak on this program, which I've never really believed, but it is apparently a utterly rudderless ship, like where none of the divisions talk to really each other. Dirk Ziff sort of pulls the strings on all of it, uh, is both overly optimistic at times, been overly optimistic about what they can actually deliver or what, what this is worth. Uh, and so won't listen to the advice coming up. That's like, Hey, we got a pair back here. We, you know, so that that's why that's why it is it's just an honest to goodness junk show. It is the junk show that we imagine. So I finally know that. I there's there I think occasionally various whoever in the company listens to the podcast, so they're hearing the advice. And even if they wanted to implement, there's not a system for implementation. There's no there's no structure there. Gotcha. Like it is all it's just broken. I apparently the divisions don't talk to each other. Yeah. So that's why everything. That's why you get a weird i mean that's why it feels so weird are you saying this just based off of new your own assessment or new information new information okay. new information has come to validated. light validated validated what we've already known precisely which i which surprised me quite frankly i always thought there's no way that this like rich people don't get to be billionaires by being silly uh and i don't think that ziff is silly but also ziff is running a or sitting atop a very silly organization ziff is running more important businesses firstly and so this isn't the highest priority for him and the he's not um overseeing the structure as diligently as he would in those other things and so i think things have kind of gotten loose i've, I've also heard that he, it is not for sure a tax write-off for him he is oh, okay. he is coming to the end of his rope with yeah. it losing money uh, so yeah, the, the WSL may tank this year. Um, that's huge news. No, well, that's, that was a rumor. Yeah. We talked about a couple of weeks I mean, ago, we a have, month ago. Yeah. We, but I've always thought, I've always thought there's just something I'm not seeing. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. typically, I, I've thought that too. I typically think that there's, there's no way that, you know, there's a lot of smart people, you right. know, I, I may think they're kooks or whatever, but Eric Logan's no dummy. Right. Uh, but come to find out he may be. I, I would like to say that everybody that I know that works at the WSL is fully capable, fully, ta very talented, smart. And, and so I, but all of the evidence that I have about workings and I've worked with them in very, like tried to work with them on a couple of different things is that, yeah, it is rudderless and that, um, there's not necessarily bureaucracy, but it's more of what you said of like, there's too many, uh, not communication with one another, too many jump hoops to jump through. And somebody over here wants to do something, but it needs to be approved by X, Y, and Z and X, Y, and Z aren't fully engaged in it. And then they have different ideas for what it should be. And so I've always talked about a lack of leadership. I feel like there needs to be 
I think that's the problem is there isn't a real pointed thing at the top saying, this is who we are. This is our identity and everything needs to run through this filter. And I think, I think Dirk Ziff profoundly does not understand surfing and eventually things need to run through him. Like right. he's going to be the, he's the one writing the check and he's going to be the one who ticks off on whatever it is. And I think Dirk Ziff has a profound, profound misunderstanding of what surfing is that constantly gets uh, fed by his underlings, right? Like right. he's the one who's keeping them all in work. And so that nobody's going to say, Hey, Ziff, let's sit down and go surfing one-on-one. Let's go through some history. Let's go through, let's really look at our core fan base. Let's really think about who they are, not who you want them to be, not who the, you know, marketing guy yeah. says they are. Who, who is it? I, I think they just have never done this. And Dirk has never had to probably really look at it and think, okay, this is what surfing actually is. It, and that that you just explained is radically different than traditional business. Yeah. Like, you know, using the UFC as a model where it's like, we're going to lean into the pugilism and just cater to this tiny, tiny counterculture. And that actually appeals to the mass culture. Whereas traditional business and what Dirk has run in the past would be, no, we need to make it more palatable for yep. the general public and then build into that. And also what's the name? Dana White understands, Dana White understood the fight fan better yeah, exactly. than anybody. I mean, exactly. he, he understood what that market was and who they were because he was that. Where Dirk Ziff is not. Dirk Ziff is a billionaire child of a billionaire and well and, what are you gonna do and dana still to this day as the president or the ceo of that company pretends like he's the fight fan even yeah. though he's probably you know 100 million dollars in at this point he acts like a dumbass yeah and says stupid things that'll get him in trouble and all that and he doesn't care so he's leaning into it um i had this conversation with scott bass the other day about why uh, the WSL implemented the cone of silence during the COVID outbreak. And his argument was that, you know, they're trying to um, placate a bunch of different regu regulatory bodies. So it's easier just to be silent because if you miss step, then maybe the whole thing will get canceled, which is probably true. I actually got some news on this one. Oh, do you? I, yeah, I got the real fact behind it, or well, theoretically. What I was going to say was, or my argument was more to your point, which was, I just don't think that um, there's actually a PR department. Yeah. You know, and Dave Prodan used to have that title of head of communications or whatever, but his title has changed every couple of years and it's not that anymore. And it's like, well, who is head of communications? And did you have a plan? And if that department doesn't even exist, did a plan exist for if something like this happens, what is not only um, the way that we communicate, but what are the exact words that we use to delicately dance around this thing? Because every big corporation has a PR department that spins stuff. Every bad story that happens, they spin into a way that can, can help them grow their business. So what I heard from a reputable source yeah. inside, close to the levers of power, uh, is that they were prohibited from releasing a statement because it was being run as a film production. And so to release a statement, is it like, so the whole uh, production had to freeze releasing a statement about it is somebody doing work on it. So it's like, it was per how they were running the event. They were not able to do that, which I pondered deep in my heart and think maybe on the surface that was true in Hawaii. How do you not have somebody in Santa Monica exactly. saying well, not going to work on the production, but there's absolutely this, no way that Hawaii, the state of Hawaii says, I'm sorry, there's nothing you can do. You, you have to maintain a cone of silence. There's a way to, to tell the story and to get ahead of the story. This extra bit of uh, 
fact that you just provided or evidence or detail validates what we are both saying, which is you should have a, your legal team should be able to dance around that one so easily. For sure. Your PR department can dance around that so easily and say, yeah, the film permit that these 60 people are operating on in Hawaii, they won't say anything. Yeah. But we have this giant company that isn't just film production, it's live events and other things, and they're gonna come out and say something. I mean, you it's, can dance around it easily. And or you- And do, you can legally argue it. And or you go off the record, or not off the record, you go anonymously to Surf Media and say, hey, you know, you can't attribute this to- Exactly. World Surf League sorts, just say rumor, but here's here's why we, are, we can't say anything is because we're exactly. technically prohibited by the agreement we signed. Claiming that your hands are tied is just, I mean, lazy. It, well, if your hands lazy. and if your hands are tied, then you you yourself are lazy. If you're like, well, what can I do about it? And and you've failed at your job, by yep. the way. Boo. Because honestly, you should never be backed into that corner where that's the last decision that you make, and then you're beholden to somebody else. Yep. Um, it also makes me think. Not only is there a lack of communication between the departments, running a, an entity like this requires tremendous amount of staff and systems in place. And I think they're understaffed. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's been tons of furloughed, especially with COVID. Yeah. yeah. But I think they were understaffed before. Sure. You know, um, well back to the event itself. Yes. Uh, Kelly talking about, uh, not only his performance, but despite the amount of talent he has ability, all that, and athleticism for a 48 year old, your body still does Break get down. weary. It's and I don't know if you followed the storyline of his, him bruising his heels. No, I missed this one. Somebody actually sent me a video. Of him bruising his heels? No, I, we're, I'm not sure. I should send it to you to analyze. Yeah. Take it into the beach grit laboratory and analyze it. Okay. Uh, he said on air that he bruised his heels going off of a jump on an e-bike during the down days of the event. Mm. And which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Riding an e-bike, first of all. And then doing jumps. Doing jumps is hilarious, yeah. right? And uh that he wouldn't have been able to surf if they called the event back on after the COVID thing. And then kind of re-aggravating him at pipe the night before. So in the day of the event, you could see that he was kind of uh gingerly walking on him, almost limping. Didn't seem to be affected once he was in the water, but he talked about it openly. Well, somebody sent me a video yesterday of Shane Dorian in the like up in the hills on e-bikes, jumping e-bikes, jumping, and somebody actually goes off a jump, and you can hear the laugh, and it sounds like Kelly's laugh. Oh yeah, going off of a jump and eating it, like landing on his heels hard and eating it. Was it Kelly? I don't know. Okay, so the angle is what from behind? You just can't see the face. There's two different angles that it's going between. They're both point of views. So on two separate riders, like a GoPro mounted. Uh -huh. So one of them is the GoPro rider for most of it, and then the other one is of that guy eating it. Very good. Okay, I'll it's send it to you. Going into the lab. Yep, going to the lab. Um, but I just thought that whole thing was funny. Of like Kelly, even doing something extracurricular that could, you know. Injure himself. Could injure yourself while no. you're going for the Pipe Masters, which makes me think that he's not as serious about winning a world title as maybe we would hope that he is. Oh, yeah. Still I mean, I think he knows. Yeah. I think he knows that he can go out and have super fun at Pipe, have fun at the waves he likes, go, you know, surf Chopu with one other guy. I mean, we've talked about it before. I reckon that's mostly why he's on tour still. I They would give him a wild card to do those. Just if he wanted to surf Pipe and Chopes, they'd give him a wild card. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, he must have some we competitive thing. Uh, so about Kelly burning John barrel or not? Nah? 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm was total barrel. I thought that was great showmanship. Um, so another bit of conspiracy that you're welcome to dig into if you want. I think they mistakenly gave John priority in that paddle back out. But do you think that Kelly thought that he had priority? No. Yeah, Kelly. He knew for sure he didn't. He knew he didn't and yeah. was yeah was going for the burn no matter what. But are you? Did you analyze that exchange of priority? Uh, no. Kelly. So Kelly, or I'm sorry, John. John got a long backdoor runner. He got a seven on it. So it was, didn't better one of his scores. And he kicked out, and he had that long paddle out. Kelly's on the very next wave out the back, and he eats it almost immediately at back door. So he's closer to the takeoff zone. And Kelly, he realizes where John John is, and there's two minutes left. And scrambles out. Scrambles to get back into position for priority. Well, then why didn't they give Kelly priority? Barton Lynch even calls it in real time. He goes, oh, Kelly's scrambling back out the back, so Kelly should be you know, deemed priority. And then he goes, oh, well, they gave it to John John for some reason. Okay, and they just move on. What? So two minutes left, Kelly needs the score. And he doesn't have priority. 30 seconds left, the wave comes. And Kelly is like, well, John, John's gonna use his priority. I might as well get barreled rather than not. I know that I don't have time, or I know there's no other wave behind it. So I'm just gonna go and burn John John. The judges actually scored that wave and it was like a seven, nine, seven. So it didn't- Wasn't enough. Wasn't enough, but honestly, if he had priority, he could have positioned deeper, like yeah. he could have done, would have maybe done a turn on the end section, who knows? Like, it's not enough to say that that score wasn't enough. To be honest, that wave had the pe potential for the score. Why, why did they not give Kelly priority? I and have no idea. Why did they not discuss it? I have no idea. I mean, were they trying to, were they pushing John John through? No, I mean, who knows? Like, it, if it was the NBA, I would say, Clearly I saw this play wrong because the judges know what they're doing. And you know, they have a they have a review center in Houston yep. with I forget how many cameras and how many employees that are replaying every single call to make sure that it's legitimate. The WSL has proven the opposite, actually. They've proven that you and I or whoever, the internet, identifies errors in the things that they've done. And there's no system of checks and balances for us to hold them to account other than coming onto the podcast, you yeah. know? <laughs> and so with this instance, I saw it, I heard Barton talk about it and there's no justification for it. Kelly never came out and complained about it. Why did not Kelly? I think it just looks bad. It looks whiny. And, yeah. and to be honest, if it was Gabriel, maybe he would complain about it, but it's John John. Yeah. And John, they're buddies and he's known John since he was a kid. And John honestly has never had a pipe master. So do you want to really like call that into question? He'll do it against Adriano when Adriano wins a world title and the next day he drops his wave pool clip. But not He'll against step John. On it. But I don't know that he'll step on John. Yeah. So, but I mean, I encourage any, I actually encourage our listeners to go back and watch that and then tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Like is is John John in frame? Can you yes. like is John John like out further out the back than Kelly or something from the angle? John John's way down the beach. Kelly makes it out plenty with plenty of time before. I mean and, that's that's odd. And here's what's to they implemented that rule the exact opposite way at the beginning of the heat because John John Kelly got the first wave of the exchange and then did a turn at pipe, so he ends up way on the inside. John gets the second wave. Rather than doing an air on the end section, he sees Kelly's paddling out. So he paddles out and beats him to priority and gets priority. Even though John rode the last wave, he beat Kelly to lineup and he got priority. So they implemented the correct rule there, but, but not neglected the to implement it later. Well, this is confounding. Isn't it? Yeah. 
And because, I mean, it has huge implications. I mean, massive implications. John wins his first pipe masters. He's in the first place in the rankings going into the rest of the season. You know, like Kelly could have either won the final and be in first for the first time in eight years. I want to win Kelly's first win since what? 2016. 16, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was confounded by it. But the fact that nobody talks about it, I'm just like, oh, I guess I'm mm. shouting by myself over here. Yeah. You know? So whatever. Maybe somebody already has watched it and proven me wrong and they're shouting at me. Perfect. Getting upset. Um, Kyle Abelli yeah. had a sticker on his board that I thought was a Visla sticker because it's that same V. And then when he was in his post-heat interview, it said Abelli Burgers. Oh, yeah. He started He started a burger chain. You knew this already? Yeah, yeah. We, he talks about it. We had Kyle on, oh, the, on Dirty Water. And he, yeah, he talked about the family burger chain. Dude, if I listened... Yeah, podcast, dirty water. I would Kyle, know. you can go back and listen to Kyle talking about the burger chain. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. Kyle Belly is a burger master. Uh, he loves burgers. I asked him what made his burgers or what it was like. Uh, and he said, it's mostly just like an in and out burger. Mm. So I think he's trying to appeal to your Southern California. No, I think it's, I, but I think he could sell that in Brazil as novel, but I think it's like a thin, you know, a thin salty patty, uh, you know, in and out does not go overboard on the meat. That's no. what makes it so good, right? You get like that really thin, salty patty with the cheese. Yeah. Um, and it's only in Brazil? Yes. Do you know how many locations? No, it might have just even been one. It might not even be a chain yet. But uh, Is it brand new? It. W I think he had just started it when we were talking with his family when we were good for him. Dir dirty watering. I like yeah. it. And sticking it on the board is sweet. Amazing. Yeah, Kyle. Um, I think Kaya was the only professional surfer that follows Beach Grit on Instagram. No way. <laughs> he was for a long time. He's our hero. Are you um, a burger fan? Yes. I love a good burger. Oh, me too. They're the best. I, I do not like a thick patty burger, though. No, I agree. Like when you really dig into like where the meat is most of the burger, the burger's all about, like meat is just accent. Everything mm -hmm. else, it all comes together. Ratio matters. Do you like onion rings on your burger? I do, but if I really had to pick like my burger, it would be just a classic. Really? Yeah, I really? like I like all the add-ons for different days of the week. Crumbled but if you can only pick one, crumbled blue cheese. Love it. Yeah, but again, as a different burger. I feel my standard burger, to be quite frank, uh, is honestly like sort of Western cheeseburger varietal. Really? The one with barbecue sauce and onion rings is my go-to more Bacon? than any other. Love bacon on a burger. Yeah. I mean, there's really honestly very little you cannot put on a burger. So sometimes I'll be at a restaurant and they'll have some fancy version of a burger with like foie gras Ooh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I'll always try it and I'll think I like this as its own thing, but nothing for me beats like standard burger. pickles, lettuce, tomato, mayo, mustard. What is your chain wise? Uh, what is your favorite burger? Chain. I'd say in and out in and out but yeah, in and out but I still prefer my own versions. I feel dirty saying this. McDonald's. I mean, McDonald's. in terms of no, in terms of big chain, not like yeah, fancy chains, but big chains. Uh, I might like Shake Shack's burger better than in and outs, which I feel like I'm totally cheating on my Southern California. I only had it once when they started building them on the West Coast. I went and got one. It was all right. I mean, I didn't love it. Yeah. Like the first one I had too, I thought this is okay. It didn't blow me away. But the more I've had them, I think. Okay. Ooh, the Maybe I should revisit. Subtle, yeah. The subtle nuances. 
So, what, about a, what about a chili burger? In general? Yeah. Um, a chili nah, on your burger. Not really? Into it. Uh, love me some chili on a burger. I feel like the chili mutes all the other flavors. Oh, but it's with onion, cheese all in there. I'm down with a chili dog. Chili dog is good. Um, so obviously In-N-Out is synonymous with Southern California. As they've tried to expand, and they actually didn't try to expand for decades, but in recent years, they actually have. One in Las Vegas. People don't embrace it. Yeah. People don't embrace it. Like they struggle in Texas Arizona? or wherever. Is there one in Texas? Yeah. Well, the ones that are closer to California, like you said, Vegas, they still do well. Yeah, because you got Californians. They got Californians, and they're also kind of still, I think, um, benefiting from some of the proximity. Sure. Once you get to Texas, I feel like there's an anti-California sentiment. Well, and also text, I'm sure I've never been to Texas longer than 10 minutes, but, uh, I'm sure there's a Texas chain burger. Probably. That's like everybody loves, right? Yeah, is it probably. like Whataburger or something like that? Yeah. What is it? We did go to one in Waco that was famous. They had like custard was their thing that they were famous for. I can't think of the mm. name of it now. Okay. But it was, yeah, it was just gross. You yeah. Know? Just not, you feel terrible after you eat yeah. stuff like that. Um, people should do, more people should do burgers for their uh, holiday meal. Except for. A holiday burger. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Homemade burgers are disgusting. I'm going to go. Backyard burgers or kitchen burgers? Backyard burgers dry. Inevitable. You never make a deliciously delectable backyard burger. You can do an okay one. I'm going okay to have you over for burgers one time. Okay. I'll, I will. I'm excited to see what you got. I've never had a home burger that's better than the worst chain. Not the worst chain. I won't say that. I'll say I've never had a home burger that's better than Carl's Jr. Well, I'm up to the challenge. Okay. I already know what your preferences are, so yep. I'll cater it to you. Okay. Um, but you're right in that there are a few things in life that are just so much easier to buy out than they are to make in. It's it's super cheap. It's delicious. I feel like a donut is just like, it's less than a dollar. If I made this at home, it would take me so much work and it wouldn't be as good. I feel with a burger, there's so many variables that are automatically taken into consideration at a restaurant or chain where like temperature of the bun, yeah. meltedness of the cheese, amount of meat, warmness of the bacon, coldness of the lettuce. Like there's, as a home burger maker, you're probably going to go wrong in one of those things. And if you go wrong, if the if the tomato's mushy, if there's one thing is out of out of whack, it can wreck the whole burger. You're Let's right. just be honest. You're right. A lot of variables. I made fried chicken sandwiches on Friday night. It was the best chicken, maybe the best sandwich I've ever had in my life. It turned out amazingly. I like fried chicken sandwich better even than a burger. Me too. I love a Pickles, fried chicken sandwich. Slaw, oh, my hot goodness. sauce. Oof. It was so good. Oof. Lauren bit into it and I was like, what do you think? She's like, this is better than any fast food chicken sandwich. Yep. I'm like, that's not a compliment. Better than fast food? Have you had the Popeyes like, one yet though? No. I saw all the rage on the internet about it a month ago. I've heard, ago. I have not been myself yet either, but I, I have very good friends who I trust dearly who said it meets or exceeds expectation. I don't even, even know the where highest. Popeyes is. Yeah, I know. It's kind of got to go up to LA, Orange County. <laughs> yeah. What about Arby's? I haven't been in years. I loved it when I was a kid. The, the Yeah, I love Arby's so much, and I get routinely barfed on for my love of Arby's. Do you actually still go? If I, can, if I see an Arby's, I, I will try to do any, everything in my power to go. Get the, the cheddar, cheddar roast beef. 
which mm. is like liquid cheese. Exactly. It's like hydrogenated oil exactly. that they call cheese. So good. Um, we, we were doing like the best surf logos uh, on a show. We should do fast food logos because the Arby's that cowboy 10 hat, gallon hat yep. is the best. Yeah, it's That's really hilarious. Good. Really good. I remember they were doing an ad campaign when I was young. It was like Beefatopia. <laughs> and yeah. it was like it was like a holiday, like a Hawaiian kind of um, vibe motif. And they were calling it Beefatopia and they had like hula dancers and Love stuff. It. it was hilarious. I'd move to Beefatopia. Yeah. It was run by Arby's. Uh, Jody Maroney Sausage Kingdom is also a great name. Jody Maroney Sausage Kingdom, I feel, went out of business. Did they? I feel I like I just love the idea of a kingdom of sausage. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I know. Jody Maroney Sausage Kingdom uh, is on, I do believe the first one is on the Santa Monica, whatever. Oh, on really? the, Yeah, the walk there. Um, Third Street Promenade? No, it's on oh, like on the, on, on the not the pier, but on the beach okay. front walk, like the Venice, whatever. Um, back to chicken sandwiches. How yeah. do you feel about Crack Shack? Uh, Crack Shack's chicken sando. Oh, Crack Shack. Crack Shack in Encinitas. I hate to say this, I'm not a fan. Really? Uh, I love they have a poutine yep. French fry, that I love that, but their chicken sandwich they don't do it right. Mm. It's it feels blasphemous to say to somewhere called Crack Shack. They try hard though. They try really hard, but they've got it wrong. They don't have the fried part right. They don't have the chicken. I think the in all of Crack Shack's chicken sandos, it's all dark meat chicken. Where I like dark meat chicken off my sandwich. Like if I'm eating chicken, dark meat is of course tastier. But in the chicken sando, fried chicken sando, you need white meat. Mm. Only be white meat. Well, I think sometimes too, people try to glitz up something yeah. that should never be glitzed up. And like a chicken sandwich shouldn't be fancy. Yeah. You know, or yeah. a hamburger for that matter. Man, the best one, if you're ever up in uh, Newport Beach on the peninsula there, the Lighthouse Cafe, the whatever it's, you know, the Lighthouse yeah. Cafe thing there, they do a mean fried chicken sandwich. Okay. Good to know. Very delicious. That's in my neck of the woods. Yep. Um, all right. So, Pipe Masters, uh, John John gets one over on Kelly, then gets one over on Gabe. Yep. How do you feel about the world title race this year? Uh, Gabe, well, first of all, you were prophetic in your claim about Idolo. Yeah, I being told you. Injured. You called it. And when you said it, I was like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. He's, he's not going big. Injured. Dude, he got, I didn't even see what the injury was, but he's clearly surfing through the pain. He got smashed. Yeah. So just think, now imagine everybody who didn't for the Survival League, those who did not have Idolo. Like Idolo's not a good pick anymore, even though I'll need to really be proved. Like he needs to prove that he's he'll have to surf. A, he'll have to surf well in an event. Well, he'll also have to prove that he's rehabbed yeah. to me before I put him on a team. Precisely. I mean, you'll have to see him looking good though. Yeah. Um, who did you have on your survival team? Idolo. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's why you're okay. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 I feel. I feel. That's why you picked him. The thing with survival, which I was confused about slightly. Does it matter? All your surfer has to do is get beyond some point, right? It doesn't matter if they win, lose, or draw. They just have to make it past the round of 32. That's it. Yep. Okay. So, so great. So you and I tied. Yeah. Because we both. in third because I had Kelly and you had Idolo. But yeah, it wouldn't matter. If I picked John John, it wouldn't matter. Okay. Yeah. They're just getting them through. Just getting them through. John John, John John's looking strong though. Yeah. I mean, John John was looking both obviously surfing strong, but was mentally in the game. I mean, he beat Gabe fair and square, mm -hmm. uh, both with wave selection, 
performance and uh, tactics. 100%. I felt from the moment John hit the water in his first heat, I was like, holy cow, he's electric. Like I really felt like everybody else had um, didn't come ready to work. It was yeah. like they've had a long off season. Felipe's a little overweight. Adriano, literally, he's a, he's a pipe master. He's a world champ. He didn't get a total of 10 points between two heats. Somebody sent me the, uh, what it was like, all pipe, whatever the finals day was, said like all the pipe uh, masters champions are in this heat, forgetting, neglecting ADS who dropped out early. And Julian. Yeah, rude. Yeah, Julian, same thing. Like when I'm saying people showed up like they weren't ready to do work yet, Julian Wilson dropped, like didn't even put up a fight. Yeah. I think he he took a bad wipeout a couple of days prior in the yeah. free surf, but still, Chloe Andino, former, he's got world champ potential. He didn't really show up. Somebody somebody did say, I think it was in Beach Grit's comments, and maybe Long Tom also probably alluded to it, where it's so setting up for the nightmare scenario. John John winning, Pipe, Tahiti, West Oz, uh, you could win Sunset. Where's another? Yeah, Sunset. John John winning all the big, gnarly, serious waves. And Philippe Toledo taking the title by sneaking into Trestles and winning. I mean, it's truly, if John John goes on a tear and wins multiple events, like, which he looked like he had it in him. I mean, he was surfed remarkably, correct? He, so yeah. he could he could go on a tear and run off a string of, Five. He could win five events, let's say, go to Trestles and very, very easily lose to Philippe. Where, and this is a, imagine, and this is the scenario that the WSL created out of nothing. This will be the worst case scenario for them if that actually plays if, out that way. So he could have, John John could have double the amount of points as the fifth place surfer he could in have theory. Triple. I don't know. I mean, he have could to have, run the numbers. He could have the ma a maximal amount better. Right. What I mean, whatever that spread is. Correct. Yeah. So he could have this crazy lead over even second place, but certainly over fifth place. There could be a chasm between first and fifth. Yeah. But fifth still gets into lowers. And the only benefit that being in first place gives you in lowers is surfing less heats. I mean, but truly wrap your head around it. No, John John like he could on he could win basically everything. Yeah, I mean, he he was surfing so well be a nightmare. at pipe. Even if he won three. And then have a shocker at lowers. Yeah, exactly. Even if he won three events over the year with, you know, nobody else winning more than him. Uh, That'd be a nightmare, dude. I mean, it's a it's an absolute nightmare scenario. So back to Ziff, you're, the rumor of this could be the final year for the WSL, they could actually go out with a bang in a bad way yeah. in terms of the first two events of the year get suspended due to crazy circumstance um who knows if the rest of the year even plays out because of covid like the schedule is up i mean so subject to change so, uh, yeah did you read uh welcome pipe pro got canceled i was going to ask you about it rumor but a from a good source and now it's off the uh i mean derek they derek moved it off the website yeah derek heard this rumor or can you tell out. me what the rumor is i mean the rumor was just that derek, why? Why? derek just overheard that uh yeah, that the Pipe Pro was over because WSL like performed so poorly in their running of the event uh, of Pipe and caused so much trouble that they basically poisoned the well for everybody else. So 
So or, organizing governing bodies in Hawaii said basically this is too much of a liability from for what, us to run live events here. From what I heard from Derek, uh, from what his source told him, that the um, it was such a bad look for Hawaii and the WSL did it so badly. The fact that it was news that it got canceled and it was because of Eric Logan and all and because of the Agodora thing, all of it, uh, it just was ugly all around. And so Hawaii's like, no, okay, we don't want that. We're going to press pause on all mm -hmm. this stuff now. Um, I'm wondering too, the WSL obviously couldn't get a live event permit. They had to get a film permit. So yep. I'm wondering if maybe the Vulcan Pie Pro just can't get the live permit either. I mean, I, I just think that Hawaii, that from what Derek made it sound like, yeah. the Hawaii's pumping the brakes because the WSL did it so stupidly. Yeah. Yeah. What a bummer. Such, it was such a black eye for the state, for everything. I was wondering too, it's convenient that the next event is in Hawaii so that people don't have to leave. They could just yeah. stay there. But people are going to leave. Yeah. Like surfers who have families are going to go home and see their families for Christmas and sure. the holidays and then come back. And that creates a lot of. Because when is. Uh, January 19th. Yeah. So it's way deep enough in January. Exactly. I don't know why they didn't almost run it back to back. Like where you get them, you get it in before Christmas. It's almost like they should have pushed Pipe Masters to January. Yeah. Because you don't want to have Christmas in between because people will leave. But yeah, if they pushed it back to January and did them the events did, back to back. Did Sunset first and then, yeah. Or, or Pipe in the beginning of January and Sunset on the 19th. Yeah. You know, that would have made sense. Silly. But I mean, I would argue for any, for any surfer, either on the men or the women's side, um, stay Abandon your family obligations, stay in Hawaii, order some big boards, and start surfing sunset Whoa. Sunset immediately because that place takes so, that learning curve is so long. Like you need time in the water there, and especially the women's side. Like I don't know if I've ever seen any free surf footage of any of the women on tour surfing sunset. So I think I've seen, I think I've seen Tatiana Weston Webb out there okay. in some footage. Well any one of them could get a huge advantage by spending a month working on sunset. And you know? imagine, I mean, in this, who knows again, how many events are actually going to get exactly. held this year. And so if you get a good, if you came out of pipe, like who came out of pipe surprising? Anybody? On the men's side? Yeah. Uh, Jack Freestone, I was, yeah, how, what, I was did, surprised by. Did Jack end in fifth? No, but he had the highest heat total of the opening round. He looked, he just looked better. I'm not sure who he came up against. He made it pretty far though, didn't he? Uh, I'll have to look. He might've come up against Kelly early on and then lost, but um, who, I who, remember the waves, that, the heats that I saw him in, I was like, holy cow, this is a new man. So if Jack Freestone goes and gets in top three, say top four at sunset, imagine now Jack Freestone. I mean, that's the thing too. All these surfers have to be doing is shooting for spot number five. Well, exactly. And somebody pointed out, they're like, winning. during the downtime, somebody pointed out, hey, if Kelly wins this event and they don't run any other events this year because of COVID or something, is Kelly the world champ? No. Can't be. Could be. Can't be. You can't have a one one event world champ. Otherwise, Joel Tudor would be the world champ on the men, on the longboard yep. tour side. Um, I'll got, give it to Joel. I'll give it to Joel, but I won't give it to Kelly. So Jack, if you had Jack Freestone on your surf survival team, you would still be in it because he made it through the round of 32. Um, who did he lose? 
was against he lost against Gabriel Medina in the next round, the round of sixteen, which okay. is the round just before the quarterfinals. So he got equal whatever. Yeah. Not equal a great, ninth. Equal ninth. Equal ninth, yeah. Which isn't a huge result, but his surfing looked fantastic. Sure, but it, but so he stood out to me. But again, so Jack Freestone sitting there equal ninth. Yeah. Gets a performs well at sunset. Say let's say he gets third at sunset. Now now all of a sudden Jack Ford or Jack Ford Jack Freestone is sitting at uh what what would he be sitting at ninth and a third? Let's call it seven or six. Yeah, but you're just within sniffing exactly. distance of yeah. trestles. Yeah, and he could do well at sunset. I sure. can see him doing well there. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, congrats to both Tyler Wright, even though I think Carissa Moore was the outstanding performer in the women's side. I mean, Chris Moore was the only one that I saw that got properly barreled. Totally. Like everybody else was trying, but it was just, just a little ahead of the lip. Totally. Tyler got a couple of really sick pocket rides at backdoor that I would be claiming if yeah. I had surfed him. Um, and then, yeah, that was the only other kind of noteworthy performance. But Chris Moore got a couple of pipe that were proper. And then the backdoor one was totally gnarly and yeah. scary and she made an amazing wave yeah but congratulations to tyler wright nonetheless and congratulations to gabe or uh john john florence big big performances question i have about gabriel medina moving forward though is he did not look like gabriel medina of the past which often he doesn't at the beginning of the year but he usually does by the time we make it to pipe but like he fell a bunch he was making prior like um he seemed to not have strategy like he wasn't implementing any of his paddling tactics that we've seen in the past that like he just wasn't the same Gabriel. I mean, it's crazy, crazy to me again. Like I never liked the idea of putting pipe first when they said, well, you know, you like, I think the line was it starts the season off with a bang and everybody's going to be excited. Now I feel <laughs> like it's the morning after Christmas house is a mess, wrapping paper everywhere. There's nothing left to open, all, nothing left to even like it's done. The, totally. the big present has been unwrapped. I felt that way after Logan got COVID and we had those down days with no communication, I honestly felt like I'm more invested in this relationship than you are. Yeah. And so by the time they called it back on, I was like, I guess I'm going to watch, but honestly, like the, the kind of air has left the balloon a little bit, you know? And I, and I did feel that way about the surfing too. I felt like those guys that I named earlier, weren't even really trying that hard. John John was the only one. I mean, and Kelly seemed like he was just goofing around too, but he's winning heats because he's so good. But that's the that's the dang thing is I think you throw a lesser wave. First, you let the guys work out the kinks. You let them get excited for the season. I mean, throwing them into pipe right away. Like, I think it's true. Like snapper is such the best place to start. I think I'm- It's exciting. It's an exciting way. Yeah, it's high performance. It's the start of the season. Guys can kind of work out the kinks, I feel. And, and by the time it rolls to pipe, there is at least a handful of surfers on both the top end and bottom end who are fighting for their lives, right? Yeah. Like on the bottom end to stay on tour, at the top end to win. Uh, so, you, I mean, it's just such a great storyline to, to have that happen at pipe and to have pipe be the kind of, uh, let's, you know, get the, get the cobwebs out, yeah. shake off some of the rust. There's stakes it's usually. A, it's involved. a waste. Pipeline is a waste as the first event. It's yeah. wasted. Bummer. Yep. Well, <laughs> I'm excited for John to win finally. Obviously, I love John. I, I think am, we all do, and I'm thrilled. I am so rooting for five wins and a loss at Trezzles. I'm, 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 Could you imagine? That is my hope of all hopes. 
Um, let's do a quick jog down memory lane. Let's do it. In January, the big news story, Hurley's team was going to get axed. And it did. I mean, look at how much has transpired in that storyline since then. My goodness, desolation. Hurley is a shell of its once former self. And that was just in January? Yeah. Wow, and now like John John's got his ago. own line. Like there's all sorts of stuff going on with people who have left Hurley that are, you know. Wow. So it seems um, like years ago. It really does. Come yeah. came true though, came to fruition. And I mean, our, so what would be interesting, Florence has his own line, Florence Marine X. Florence Machine. He will have his own line. Yeah. It's not actually out yet, but he's announced it. He matched against Kelly Slater, who has his own line. Outer known. We're gonna see a Outer Known versus Florence Marine X collision it's in the be next good. year I, on, in the marketplace. I hope not just in pipeline. I hope that they take it seriously and really go after each other I in the marketplace too. too. Yeah, I hope they do too. They're too friendly right now. Way I'm not too about friendly. it. Uh, big news story in February. You won a mid length. I did. Was that just February? <laughs> Look, I lost and won a mid length. Yeah, we lost our trivia. I lost badly and won a mid-length. We yeah. both did poorly, but I won. And you got the board. But I mean, look at how the trend of mid-length in general has developed since then. It has exploded. More than the Hurley storyline yeah. even. That's a bigger storyline is yeah. the mid-length. The mid explosion of the mid-length. Everywhere. I'm on my mid-length less now than I was uh, when I first acquired the mid-length. But I am taking it out on better days. That's my thing with the MIDI now. There you go. Because yep. you listened. I listened and it's not for slopping around. So when it's like clean and big-ish, bigger, I'm on my mid. Um, Devin had a very insightful Instagram commentary this week. I think it was all basically started by Joel Tudor posting something. About calling them eggs. Yeah, it was actually hilarious. It was a meme that showed... Um, a kid sitting like a kid sitting at a skate park with a razor and he had the handle of the razor in his mouth. He was like deep throating the handle of the razor, just like sitting there as if he's bored waiting for his mom to pick him up. He's got the handle of a razor in his mouth and Joel's Instagram said something to the effect of it's not a mid length. It's an egg or something. Th yeah. This is people who call mid lengths or people who call eggs mid length. Yeah. And so it was hilarious and there was commentary. And then somebody asked Devin, about the terminology on Devin's Instagram. And Devin went into paragraphs and paragraphs. And people then offered other kind of perspectives of, hey, I've been surfing since the 70s. And here's the way that I saw the transition era. And this is how I think of whatever. Much more kind of um, helpful than Joel's, yeah. <laughs> than Joel's stuff. I still appreciate Joel's. But Devin's answer, for anybody who cares, was basically mid-length refers to a range of sizes. Egg refers to a design. Yeah. So an egg can be a mid-length. But a mid-length is not necessarily an egg. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Well, and Which I think is obvious. Sure. And Channel Island's board is actually called a mid. I mean, Correct. that's the name of the board. Correct. Yeah. Because it's playing off of this cultural trend. Sure. Yeah. So it all makes perfect sense. I mean, I don't understand. Yeah. Because my board is not an egg. No. It is a 610 mid-length. It's a mid-length si style. Yeah, or mid-length mid size. size. Yeah. yeah, two plus one. Called the mid. Um, so that was a big news story in February. Uh, March, the big news story in March was coronavirus. Mm. And you 
waltzing, traipsing. Traipsing through coronavirus Europe. Through Europe. Yep. As it was shutting down. Being flippant. New listeners to the show in the last few months, maybe they found us during quarantine, probably are unaware of this storyline. Flippant. Take us through it. What? Why? What was your rationale? Saw coronavirus bubbling on the horizon. And like a good surfer, I thought, okay, stuff is going to start shutting down. Or I didn't even think stuff was going to shut down. I thought travel travel at that point was had dropped. And I thought, oh, this is going to be the time to go and stand in front of the Mona Lisa, just empty, to go see the best of Europe. Take my young daughter. Let's go see the best of Europe together. She's not vulnerable. Yeah, no. And we'll see it all. We'll live the life. And we did. We saw it live the life. And then it started shutting down behind us. Right. And so you're barely beating it, barely scooted out, barely making it through borders. Yep. Barely scooted out of, of Europe. I was looking back. One of the dates on it was, uh, on one of your articles was March 20th. Do you remember what the dates were exactly that you were there? It was like, it was like, I think it was eight days or something. So it was probably like March, I don't know, March 11th or something. To March 20th, something like that. So you that. got home around the 20th? Something like that, okay. yeah. Um, at the time, there was a lot of naysayers, like, this is not going to age well. You are going to regret this. What if somebody gets sick? What if blah, blah, blah? Now with nine months of hindsight, do you regret it? No, aged perfectly. Perfect. Like the, the, Perfect. The whole entire world blew up. We went to Europe and had fun and then, you know, didn't give COVID to anybody else, didn't get COVID ourselves. Everybody else got COVID except for us. So danced a tight rope. It was a tight rope, but I feel I feel the story and the series ages just fine. Perfect. Because it's not often we get the benefit of hindsight to go back and like actually Say, rub ooh. our rub somebody's nose in it. Yeah. You can rub those naysayers' nose in it. Say right now. look at and they could probably try to rub mine. Look at how many people are dead and you were just being flippant. But I feel I still have the same exact tone that I did then. I'm not. You should get it. Actually, you should get an antibody test to see maybe you did have it. Maybe you did pass it. I think about that sometimes. The antibody test. Is it a pain to get? I don't know. Is it expensive? I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I don't know yeah, about I, it. I should try to get it. Um, big story in April. We theorized that Kelly was pushing COVID cancellation of the tour so that the Olympics would also get canceled. Like he was the one behind. As we were watching it develop in April, we're like, you know what? Kelly's not going to make it into the Olympics. This is, he he's done nefarious things in the past to try to get his way or like little diabolical tell Andy that he loves him on the sand, you know? They love talking is, that up at the pipe. Yeah, this is Kelly pushing for cancellation so that the Olympics get canceled and that he can then maybe qualify through some other means and get a spot into the Olympics. It's true. I'm going to say this is true that it's, he's one injury away of either Kolohe or John John from uh, the Olympic team. So he might Nancy Kerrigan, one of those guys. He very well could. Or is it a Tanya, he might Tanya hard. He might Tanya them. He might, what was Tanya's dude's name again? I forget. Uh, Jeff? I don't know. Something. I love yeah. that movie, but I yeah. forget now. Yeah. So Kelly still, I mean, I hate to give him the idea though. We just gave him the idea. I don't know that he necessarily has to. I think he could do it in an even sneakier way where he just paddles them up the point somewhere and sends him away. Like all he has to be is in a heat with one of them where he, he sends him over the falls. I got it. Takes him on an e-bike ride Jumps. in the hills behind pipeline. Hey, because who's going to say no? Who, He's going to be like, I already did it. It's super fun. Come, let's go off this jump together. Neither John John nor Kolohe would say no to Kelly saying, hey, it's you 
me Shane Dorian right now. Like to say no, jumping bikes, jumping e-bikes. To say no to that, you would look like such a sis. And he has the perfect alibi in that. I did. I already do this all the time. This is part of what I do for fun. It's cool. This isn't outs. I've even gotten a little injury. No big deal. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. John, John, don't go. Build the jump a little bit higher. The problem is you have to go. Because then next time Kelly and Shane see you, they like elbow each other. Look at this sissy. And you watch. He wasn't going to go jump e-bikes with us. Before they get on the bike, he's going to put his arm around John John's shoulder and tell him he loves him. Yeah. John John. Kiss of death. John John. There's, but there's, you just got to hold on tight. Do the best jump you can, John John. It's fragile. Kalohe. Nimble ankles. Uh, the other huge news in April was Tiger King got released on Netflix. It's a big story. That was my favorite story. Are you so tired of it now, though? No. Do you, when people make like Tiger King, King jokes or Tiger King memes or wear a Tiger King ugly sweater to the ugly, ugly sweater party, you don't think, oh, okay, come on. That was like cool back in April. Enough. Look, this was a gay polygamist who owned 80 cats who. So on the merits, like, you're like, on, it's, it never gets old. On the merits, you still love it. Gay polygamist owned 80 wild cats hiring people to murder his competition. competition. Yeah, this true. is, I mean, it cannot get old. Will you watch Tiger King the movie? Heck yes. You'll is, go. Is it Nicolas Cage? Playing? Yeah, Nicolas. Is that? I, mean, is it, is I remember it, that being the rumor that's who is going to play him, but I don't Nicolas know. Cage. It, I don't know how it could be anyone other than Nicolas Cage. Once you hear it's Nicolas yeah, Cage. It has Nicolas to be. Cage. Um, yes, I will absolutely watch it. I will buy the merch. I am all in on this story. Like, okay. I love this story. Like, Great. I rewatched it. Top like, to top to bottom? Top to bottom. A couple of it was a couple of months ago now, maybe two months ago. It was as good on the second viewing as it was on the wow. my mind was blown. There was elements of the storyline that I'm like, oh my gosh. Wow. If you scripted this, you would you would have to actually it's too much. Yeah. He is at the funeral of the young runaway boy who he basically like lured in with purchasing a new truck and meth and all that. He's at that kid's funeral who killed himself. The mom is at the funeral and he's holding court up front, talking about sexual things that they did together in front of the mom. And the mom's going, my kid got lured onto this property six months ago, ends up, he wasn't gay when he got here. He ends up married to this guy with a meth addiction and then kills himself. The mom was, mortified. Yeah. It was crazy. Crazy. Crazy town. Anybody who hasn't seen Tiger King, you're Hit missing it. out. Hit it. Um, May was a huge month. May was a big month. Gavin Newsom closed all of our beaches. Ooh, we had surfers going to war against COVID restrictions. Kelly Slater blocked you on Instagram. Oh, and, still blocked. And really a story that we need to do another lap on is you outlined the modern surfer. Oh, remember the modern surfer? Yeah. I forgot about the modern surfer. I we need to now. bring him back. It didn't yeah. last as long as it should have. No, like it's really, I think it offers all sorts of insights that'll help us navigate 2021 knowing, you know, like little pitfalls to avoid. I think the modern surfer needs to get revisited too, because I think he has changed. Yeah, he's in COVID. I think COVID has changed the modern surfer. Of course. Yeah. Uh, we will bring the modern surfer okay. back. Excited and about I, that. I came across the sketch. I don't know if it was a listener that made the sketch of the modern surfer. Do you remember with a hat and a beard? Oh uh, yeah, no, I, I think I drew Is it. Is it your sketch? Yeah. Can we put that on a t-shirt? For sure. Let's do a limited run merch in yeah. January of the modern surfer. And it just say the modern surfer. 
If you if you know, you know. If not, you don't. Inside. It's an inside joke. Oh. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Uh, June was an even bigger month. Well, actually, at the end of May, spawned it. On May 25th, do you know what happened on May 25th, 2020? George Floyd was killed. Ooh. Which, so then June is when Black Lives Matter hit. Um, So that then sent a tremendous trajectory forward for the rest of the year and the behavior of professional surfers. Dude. How fun is it to watch me freak out watching? It's really, I mean, I think, I think you, you get to have fun watching it too (laughs) in the recording. It'll be this YouTube one will be the best of all. My mic for, yeah, for the audio listeners, my mic almost teeters off the chair and then I have a freak out twice, like a full on seizure, but a mid sentence. It didn't even interrupt my sentence. No, I did it. Uh, so black lives matter. WSL was rumored to be for sale. Yep. That was also in June. And Kelly trolled dudes with erectile dysfunction. Yo, man, you remember that storyline? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Kelly. Once, once uh, Kelly officially blocked me, I think the wheels really came off on my. I'll write anything about Kelly now. I mean, anything true. Holding power to account. Yeah, it's important. Is what you do best. It is important. Uh, so I had a thought as I was reviewing that storyline. I was like. You don't really make fun of people unless you have a sensitivity about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You think Kelly's got a little, Kelly's working through some issues? I think so. ED issues? Oh. You think Kelly's? uh, You know, I'm going to say, yeah. Why else would he be making fun of dudes? Like, it never dawned on me to poke fun at erectile dysfunction because it was just other, it was something that existed in another realm to me. So like I see commercials on TV, whatever. If I see people talking about it on the internet, whatever, it doesn't even relate to me. It's really true. Kelly digging in and being like, ha his comment was, you know, about girls should be tagging dudes who can't get it up or yeah. something like that. Like, why are you even thinking about dudes who can't get it up? <laughs> right? Unless last night you were so stressed about whatever was going on that you had a problem. It's a, it's a true point, a valid point. Kelly? Come on the show. Talk about it. We can talk through it. Yeah. I think he's um, unaware of the transparency of some of his uh, interactions. They they say too much. Yeah. They just say too much. All right. So that was June, July. Uh, Also kind of a fallout of the Black Lives Matter thing. U.S. surfers looked racist for being patriotic during the 4th of July. Oh, man. You remember that? Colohandino and the rest. Yep. Yeah. You, announced, you yeah. announced a rumor that the WSL would start at pipe in December and then roll straight into the 21 season. Wow. Look at me. Look at that. <laughs> How about that? That is pretty phenomenal rumor mongering right there. I know. Who is my source? I don't know. You never said. Unnamed. Unnamed. Wow. Uh, Prescient. That's the thing. I would like to really do this exercise and go back and just. All the rumors a column of wins and losses. Yeah. Be like, all right, these ones never panned out. Yeah. These ones did pan out. And I don't know, the wins could be more than the losses. That's a solid win right there. It's directly what happened. And it's timely yeah. to be reviewing it right now. Um, the other thing in July is the WSL started taking our advice by inviting Jonah Hill to play. Oh yeah. I mean, literally at the end of June, we're like, they need to invite Jonah Hill. He wants to serve. And then boom, he's on, he's on Mick Fanning's whatever podcast they're doing. And then he's end up surfs at surf ranch. Yep. So did exactly what we said. Um, big, big news story in 2020 was podcasting really became ubiquitous everywhere. 
Tanner Godowskis was doing something. Alex Gray started something for a hot minute. Dirty Water came to fruition in 20. I mean, honestly, Derek emailed me five years ago yep. about podcasting. Like, hey, how do you do this thing? What's the blueprint? Yeah. And I sent him the blueprint. And 2020 was the year it came together. Finally kicked off. Uh, Prodan, I saw Dave Prodan at the lineup. World Surf League is up to like 56 episodes or something. He's banging them out. He's yeah, doing them weekly. That is a quick run right there. We do them weekly. That's true. Well, we're up to 90 something. Uh, one news story, I didn't mention it to you, but in March, Prodan sponsored this podcast. He did? Yeah. The lineup was an advertiser on our show. On the grit? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Way, so. to, way to peel listeners, Dave Prodan. Yeah. Um, so, August. We'll end in August because everything else is too recent. Kai Lenny met Mark Zuckerberg. Wow. That was Friend a big news story. Friendship for life right there. So I heard uh, Red maybe. Was it Red or Heard? I think it was Red. It was Red. The end of Facebook is nigh. Wow. Them going to war with Apple is what's going to end Facebook is what I read. What's the war with Apple? Am I? Well, apparently they're, they've taken out a bunch of ads in New York Times and whatever and whatnot, Facebook has decrying Apple's up to the privacy, where I think now you will be able to somehow see, I don't know what the proper details are. Uh, I'm not a person who reads, but uh, the the it's something like you'll actually get to see how Facebook is tracking you. And it's so like, you're gonna have visibility on that on Apple devices and it's so dark and dirty that Facebook is, Facebook then is saying, taking out ads that say, Apple with this is essentially ending free high quality entertainment that now people use Facebook and Instagram to push out their stuff to get views. That's the way this has all worked, right? Now everyone's going to have to go like stab to a subscription model. Uh, how's stab subscription model, by the way, there's totally not subscription anymore. Is it? I mean, they I have, haven't, I haven't really followed it. They have stab premium, which is, it's like exactly like they did last time. Remember when they rolled out there? Yeah. We're going to go behind the paywall. They, they made certain articles available for purchase previously. Like yeah. Individual that's what purchase. it was. It, and now it's a subscription thing where some are available for free and some are premium. But it's basically the same thing where, I mean, you pay the subscription, you're not going to buy piecemeal article by article. Right. But it seems like a lot more now is free than when it first rolled out stab premium. Uh, it seemed like, you know, there was a couple like general news stories, but most of it was, you know, you had to be yeah. a subscriber. Now it seems flipped like where well, it's only more of it old. is free. Yeah, I guess so. It's only week old. Apparently it crashed a bunch during the week. I saw that too. Like every time I'd go to their Instagram, it's like, Hey, your site's broken again. Hey, your site's broken again. Well, I, um, the only thing that I've been tracking, I've been short on time, but their stab high they did in Indonesia this year, like an actual ocean version. And it's an ongoing series. So rather than a pay per view event, like they did previously, it's like a four part series that are 20 to 30 minute videos. Did you watch any of it? I, so I watched episode one. I thought it was pretty good. And then yesterday I caught up on episodes two and three. The, uh, and I didn't but I watch think four it. is going behind the paywall. Okay. So that's what I saw people complaining about was like, Hey, you left us high and dry. Yeah. You know, and they're like, well, their comment all the time, which they're being really diligent about addressing people's concerns. They said, um, yeah, you get free, a free month. Free month. You don't like it. So sign up, it. watch that and then cancel. Oh man. Putting your stinking credit card details, like certainly does not feel like a free month. I really dislike, I mean, of course, how else do people 
track and whatever, but like it, it completely feels like a hoodwink because for sure it's not going to be easy to, I mean, they're not going to make it super, super easy for you to cancel. They're not going to blast you with please cancel if you didn't like it because then you will inevitably. Right. I mean, yeah. So it'll be you putting your credit card details in uh, and I'm sure, I don't think they're super shady, but the hope is that people forget to cancel. Um, they, they would then have to add like pretty premium content or compelling content frequently enough to where like, right as you're about to cancel on that final day, a new thing drops and you're like, Oh, I love this. And the thing, and advertising the one that's coming next month. The so thing I was wondering about Step High, and you could speak directly to this, is the whole point of that made that enjoyable was the wave pool, was a consistent ramp that you could practice on and do and innovate, right? I'd imagine that compared to Waco, Karamas or wherever they were felt super flat. No. It didn't? They were People were busting crazy airs yeah. and it was well, super progressive. Uh, you know, Turns out hollow trees is pretty consistent as well. Yeah. Like when they're swell, it's pretty mechanical. So you get a very predictable section repeatedly on the end section. Okay. So that was the idea, I think. Okay. And it, it's good, but it's not, I mean, I, I, I should have um, thought through my thoughts on this because I wasn't planning to actually talk about it, but it's a very different thing than stab high was originally, Yeah. you know, and it's a lot less impactful. It feels like just another video series that's on the internet about surfing. Yep. And it is well done. Sure. And it's nice to have a concept woven into the series, but it is just another surf series on the internet. So, and none of the, the guys are doing cool airs, but it's not like nothing's groundbreaking. Yet. Yeah. Which that, so. I mean, that's what the pool lends itself to, right? Is, is groundbreaking. Air. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but there's a lot more validity to what they're doing because of course, but of the variability. Who wants a dang air show? Well, that's my question to you. I want good surfing is what I want. I'll tell you what's sick about it is Nathan Fletcher schooled him. Yeah. I saw, I saw his big punt. Yeah, it was, it was sick. Yeah. It was like the kids are big all trying stare. to do this stuff and it's all kind of skitsy and like techie and everything's different. And then he just gets gets barreled while he's in the barrel, bottom turns, and just looking boosts. at the lips. And yeah, just like boom, yeah. straight lands it. And it like everybody's like, oh, crap. Yeah. A big, I mean, that's the thing though about, that's why air shows for me, again, I'm no air connoisseur, but uh, a big straight air or a big slob or a big stale fish, I still like better than anything spinny. Yeah. Like it's undeniable when you see it, you're just, it's like, just like, woo. Yeah. It looks good. It looks like part of surfing. Not that the other stuff doesn't. It's just, I think you're, t- there's still something for me about functionality and surfing where the air is a functional move, right? Yeah. Like you're either getting past a section or it's, and especially Nathan's is a perfect example because he barrels, bottom turns, airs, stomps it and surfs out of it. I mean, it's not like it's, he's spinning around in the, in the yeah. whitewash. What else was amazing about it was how progressive it was. I've never seen anybody aim for the barrel sec or aim for the air section as they're coming out of the barrel. Yeah. Like he's actually in the barrel looking at the air section, you usually see a lot more time in between maneuvers. And that that's a wave that a lot of people would have been thrilled with the barrel of and then just kicked out of. Yeah. Even the top aerialist would have just kicked out of that. Yeah. So to see him progressing the thing as the oldest guy on tour, because it was an air show. So even though he got up going, God, this wave's gonna barrel, but I'm really looking for an air. I gotta get barreled, but he's still planning the air. It was really cool. I, I like thought it was too. Great. Um, 
All right, well, considering you have family members waiting for you to celebrate Christmas, should we go to commercial and then come back with Barrel or Not? Let's do it. All right. Chaz, welcome back. Fantastic to be here. Christmas Eve. Christmas. All is merry and bright. This was an, show almost felt like it wasn't even work today. Nope. Uh, Pleasure. Just really reflecting on the seasons, you know, highs and lows, the years, highs and lows. Did you get a new watch there, David Lee? This is an old watch. Oh, where from? From what? Uh, it was a gift from an ex who would then become an ex-wife. We weren't married at the time, but okay. she gave it to me for Christmas, actually. A what, long kind of time watch, ago. what kind of watch is that? Hamilton. I like Hamilton watch. Me too. Good old brand. Yeah, I think I Hamilton was like, I think that was the ass first astronaut watch might have been a Hamilton. Army. Army's watch. Army watch. Okay. Field, okay. field watches. Fine. Nice square um, face on that one. Square chronograph. Yeah, like it. Uh, no, so she gave it to me as a gift. I didn't know anything about the brand. We were talking about watches a couple of weeks ago, and so... I've been bombarded with people emailing me about watches and um, she gave it to me as a gift for Christmas. Uh, God, early two thousands, I would say. So 20 years ago now, maybe 18 years ago. And I didn't know anything about the brand, but then when you research it and you're like, they're from Pennsylvania, that's what's cool. They about supplied watches. watches for, I think it was literally world war one. Yeah. And like the, they're so dependable, so rugged. So, and I think they're now Swiss owned, mm -hmm. but they have American roots anyways. So I always, that always stuck with me of just like, I have an identity or a fondness, a sentimental attachment to a brand, Yeah, you know, for this thing. Great. But I, I dug it up out of the drawer recently and I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear that during the holidays. Was it still working? Yes. Did you get a new battery or is it it's a, a quartz? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I needed, I got a new battery for okay. it. Put it in myself. No big deal. Sweet. So, yeah. Uh, thanks for noticing, Chaz. Yeah, you're welcome. Fine watch. <laughs> I did not go out and spend $5,000, <laughs> if that's what you were wondering. Uh, I was hoping. Barrel or not, decorating your car for Christmas. Uh, again, like putting your dead cousin on the back, I'm going to say barrel. I'm going to say I don't want to do it, but I enjoy looking at people's car decorations, though I don't like, uh, is it a new Coca-Cola ad where there's the little furry guy on the... Uh, I think it's a Coke ad. It's a little furry guy. Maybe he's trying to be a snowflake or some kind of some kind of little stuffed animal holiday-ish thing. Maybe not even holiday. Maybe just stuffed animal on the grill of a truck. You know how like chained to the grill of a truck, all like black and gross and sooty and exhausted, falls off the grill of the truck at the gas station, crawls over in the snow and then passes out. And then some little girl finds it. Oh, you're cute. And takes it home and drink, drinks a Coke. But uh, yeah, that's depressing. That ad <laughs> is depressing. But in general, I like to be amused on the freeway. Okay. I, coming up today. Yeah. I like to be, yeah. Amusement on the freeway is a thing. Anything to break up the monotony. Anything to break monotony. I was driving up uh, and I saw a poster. You know, I mean, I think similar to decorating your car, decorating overpasses. Yeah. I saw one, had a poster on it coming up from San Diego to San Clemente. Drove under. Very funny. It was like the Obama. I uh, saw it too. The disobey. Yes. <laughs> it's the Obama Hope poster yeah. by Shepard Ferry that yeah. used to say, yeah, it said Hope at the bottom, but it was Gavin Newsom's face and it said disobey. disobey. It was very good. Yeah. Gavin News. I was, dude, I thought to mention that to you as well. So there we go though. But that's amusement on the freeway, right? But, I, feel but that's, the, I feel that's similar. social commentary. There's like, there's a joke there. Sure, but I feel the same about, and again, I don't want to be amused by your dead relative, but that is something to amuse myself with 
at least mentally, I'm thinking about it, right? Uh, seeing the reindeer ears. I mean, don't go lazy. Don't just do reindeer ears in the windows. Uh, but really, the person who's committed to go all out decorating their car for Christmas. Thank you for amusing me. Man, okay. Maybe you maybe you sold me on this one. I was going to say, I, I'm just gnaw because the amount of work involved. I don't want to do it, and I will yeah. not do it. But I'm just like to do it. adorning things just for, I don't know. But I do appreciate festivity of Christmas. Of course. And like it's, I'm a fan of Christmas. Somebody, so, somebody should do it. Okay. Somebody should decorate their car. I think I used to be more cynical about this sort of thing. And now I'm coming around and it. You're in a loving, committed relationship. Gosh. Just changing everything. Yeah. Barrel. All right. So we're barrel on decorating your car for barrel. Christmas. Now, what if like people's Christmas lights, they leave up through February? What if you start seeing those decorated cars in January? I'm not barrel on what's, that. What's the cutoff? I want, I mean, I think uh, I'm going to give you January 15th. I feel that that's wow. a fair cutoff. It's way too long. Well, I was because, say New Year's Eve. But you're like celebrating and stuff. You don't have time to go out and strip your car down. And it's, you know. You have a day off work on New Year's. But it's still festive-ish. I feel the festivity drains out of the year right, right around mid-January. Some people mm. go on vacation. See, I think. You got until January first. You have a day off work. After that, you're lazy. When is your When is your tree out of your home? Um, it's never consistent. It's based on how quickly it dies. Okay. See, but you leave your tree up past January first. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm saying. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, right now it's the water we noticed was smelling yesterday. Ooh. So we're going to try to get that out as quick as possible. Problem with that? Here's I don't know if I heard this or just thought it, uh, but I feel that a tree only has a couple water takes in it, a dead tree. And so I just water mine twice. That's it. It can only handle two. That's what I feel like how much it's not living. So right. it, will, it will suck that up. Right. right, and, right. and so otherwise, and that way you don't have stagnant water okay. under your tree. Good point. And okay. my tree has right. never died weirdly early. Yeah. So I feel strange it's strange insights into things or yeah. like, uh, strangely, accurate insights I mean, into things sometimes. I feel that this like one's how do you true. Know that information. Yeah. Somebody might've told me, but yeah. my tree has never looked bad mm. and I just water it twice. I wasn't thinking this wasn't included in our notes, but I just thought of it on the spot. Barrel or not wearing something your ex-wife gave you. I'm going to say, Oh, that's a tough one. Cause I was embarrassed to admit where I got this watch. When you asked me, I was like, no, I'm going to say barrel. I'm going to say if it's an ex-wife, it's a barrel. I'm going to say if it's an ex-girlfriend, it's you're more dubious. You're on, on shakier ground. Like my thought is it has almost, there's no sentiment attached to it. Of course it's not. not wearing it because you, you like the thing. Yeah. It's an expensive thing Yeah, that, yeah, I liked when I got, yeah, it's more to do with. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's you're on dicier territory wearing things that ex-girlfriends gave you. See, I feel like the wife is dicier. No, because you, you like, it's almost like. But she has to throw out or sell the engagement ring if you got no. But the like the commitment to that relationship is like established, right? You were husband and wife, so you can't say, "Well, I didn't really like her that much," or you know, whatever. However, you with a girlfriend though, if you're wearing something a girlfriend gave you, ex girlfriend, I think there's it throws more into question than it looks like the relationship meant something. It looks like it might have, even if you say, no, 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 I just like this thing. Well, huh? Do mm. you really like that thing that much? You like that thing so much that 
you don't either, if it's a super expensive thing that you don't sell it and get, or, you know, trade it in for something else or whatever. I just think more questions than answer ex-girlfriend, ex-wife, it's, you, you're not hiding from it. You were married. That makes sense. You were, you signed on the dotted line on that one. You know what I don't like is even like engaging in trying to justify or argue what meant something or what didn't. I think if you've had relationships with people, whether it's intimate or friendships or any, those are all woven into your tapestry of the human being that you are. And it's almost callous to be like, she didn't matter. She didn't matter at all to me. Yeah. Like I'm, a, I'm writing that off. I'm going to throw that away. To be able to do that shows that you were able to put some callousness over this emotional thing in your life, which I think is actually more sociopathic. Uh oh. So I would argue, oh, it should have meant something to you. Yeah. Like those people and things are woven into my tapestry and I can't unweave it. I can't pull that thread out. It just is who I am. I make the decisions I make. I treat you a certain way because of this, these things. Like I'm it is so, what it is. I'm sociopathic. Cause you can callously. I, I callous them right over and let them rot. <laughs> Never looking at them or speaking of them again. What if somebody picks at them then? Is nope. it a, is it a. Nobody, do, who's going to pick at them? Nobody I does. Know. I don't know. I mean. Something could trigger it. Nope. That's your expert. Sociopaths are good at what they do. I feel. Until they kill somebody. You sure? That's the thing. It bubbles up. It bubbles up. That's the thing. It leaving it callous means it's going to bubble up over. The callous is over here. It's going to bubble up over here through fresh skin. And then the police find dead bodies in the basement. Oh, I mean, you sure you want to defend sociopath? Yeah, sociopathy? I don't. I don't. I'm going to, I'm going to start thinking fondly of my exes. <laughs> All right. Um, barrel or not Christmas pajamas. Nah. On a, not on a man, not on a woman. Ah, like nothing is worse than a man in seasonal, seasonal pajamas, particularly Christmas, but anything like a man coming down the stairs on St. Patrick's day in his St. Patty's flannels. Oof. Like the whole thing is rotten. It is rotten to the core. We have the benefit of being in Southern California where the weather doesn't change. But what if you live somewhere where it gets frigid in December? So you got to have PJs for December anyways. Why not get them red and green? Well, you can get them red and green, but there better be no jingle bell or Christmas tree or anything. I mean, you could be festively colored, okay. I will say. That's the because red, I would say you can't have green in there. So red you can only. have red. You can have a well, red pajama, a red flannel pajama. So you're okay with adorning your car, yep. but not your body. Yes, in pajamas <laughs> or uh, ugly sweaters. The complexities to the way your mind works is difficult for me to track. You in pajamas doesn't amuse me. Okay, like that's the difference. The like on it the, amuses your family members. I think. I think that's why. That's the, but I don't. That's a that's like bad amusement. Yeah, that's f weird amusement. You don't Look get at, kicked. What if your kid? came downstairs wearing some Christmassy Rudolph uh, sweater with the nose that's actually like a dangly bell. Take it she's off. she's smiling. I would point her right back up. You take that off. Okay. Take it off right now. All yeah. Right. All right. So no barrel? No, no barrel. No barrel. Okay. Uh, final, barrel or not, nah, wearing a Santa costume. I'm going to say. I saw a guy on a motorcycle yesterday. I took photos of him so I could post it today. I do not like the surfing Santa whole thing. Right. I am against whimsy 
I'm really on a campaign against whimsy right now, against anything whimsical. Uh, but I'm going to say barrel on the serious Santas. I'm going to say if you're a whimsical Santa, no. But I saw a guy yesterday or read about a guy who had a custom-made gold reindeer belt buckle. Like he had been a Santa for 40 years or something, like took his Santa-ness cosplay seriously. If you're taking your Santa seriously, I'm a barrel. I wonder if he got gifted that as his 40th anniversary of playing Santa. You get like, you know, you get a gold watch. At Maybe. Work. You got I the mean, gold Santa. It was Santa really belt, fancy. It was a belt. very fancy reindeer belt. Um, so I saw the dude on, he was on a Harley yesterday in the carpool lane. Was he fat? But, no, he wasn't. He looked athletic build riding a motorcycle with a Santa outfit. And I thought, is he just doing laps on the freeway? That's option A. Option B, he works as a Santa at the mall and he's to, coming or going. Can't, can't in COVID, really. They do it. They're doing it with plexiglass. Oh, really? I've seen different Christmas cards this year. One was plexiglass and one was actual face masks. I saw our good friend Kevin Miller took his, oh, yeah. uh, took his kids to Santa and it was very sad. Both of them were standing like a good six feet away from Santa, not on Santa's knee. You're standing totally six sad. feet away. Yeah, just a depressed COVID holiday. Man, I would like... I don't want to like to see, but it'll be interesting to see how many Santas die of coronavirus in January or February. They're all old. I mean, getting I, infected by this, yeah. going out there, doing the Lord's work, having kids sit on your lap and then they get caught with it. Done. That'd be bad. Yeah. Um, a Santa, well, maybe it's but time the Santa for the new Santa Claus then. Maybe it's time for you and I to become mall Santas. So that's what I was going to ask you. We're really where this question was going is, yeah. have you ever dressed up as Santa to bring delight into children's lives? Uh, and would you? I will. I don't think I have. I'm, I, I have a vague memory of maybe once doing it. I'm going to have to go into the record. I'm going to have to ask the wife on this one. I feel I have. Doesn't I, sound like you really committed to the character. No, I think I would have come in and been lazy about it. Drunken Santa. <laughs> Why but is Santa napping on the couch? If, if though it's true, as you predict, that there's going to be a mass Santa die-off, then I'm going to put my hand up for Are next you? year. Yes. You're going to backfill? Backfill with me. So I've never done it. Yeah. I've never been asked to do it. I've been around, it's been a few years, but I've been around households where there was uncle, you know, playing Santa. Some of the kids are duped by it. Other ones aren't, but... I thought about it. Like I'm a team player. I guess I would do it if sure. If somebody asked me to do it, but then I thought if coach there's always, the there's always somebody in the room more willing than I. The problem is the person more willing than you is likely a pedophile. That's what I was going to say. Hansy, Hansy Santa, the person who raises their hand and goes, I'll do it. I want children to sit on my lap for the next two hours is the person you don't want doing it. The reluctant Santa Claus is the best Santa Claus. Totally. Yeah. Completely. That's why, I mean, I'm putting my hand up. I guess I put my hand up too forcefully, too excitedly to be Santa. You really did. But you I was revealed yourself to me. I, I, I mean, I feel deep shame now. I was just thinking about all those dead Santas in open pits, but that was nice of you, but you <laughs> secretively, I backed you into this line of questioning to where you revealed your true self. Yeah. And now the cops are coming. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you, what you do is you hold an open call at the mall. Yep. The mall manager is like, hey, we're at open call for whoever wants to be Santa. Everybody that shows up for that, you immediately round up 
start doing background checks. <laughs> <laughs> and just check their internet search history. That's yeah. probably adequate. Everybody else who was standing around that didn't raise their hands. Okay, come here, Santa. Yeah, you go, hey, guess what? You guys are being... Because nobody's going to say no to being Santa. Of course. If you're, if you're gang pressed into it, you got to say, hey, kids need it. Yeah. Anybody, no self-respecting man will say, not me. Exactly. Put on clothes? No. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Nope, you do it. All when right. called upon. 2021 is going to be the safest Santa year ever. Beautiful. I like that we've solved it. We really have. Yeah. Well, when you go home today and she's like, all you guys do is talk about surf. You go, no, no, no. We talked about surf. We rid Santa. the world of pedophiles. Yep, That's it's true. part of what we do. Here. It's true. That's why I had to go to work today. The only surf podcast that's out ridding the world of pedophiles. On Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, no less. It's beautiful. Celebrate. All right, Chaz. Um, you looking forward to receiving any gifts this year? Is there anything on your list nope. that you're super excited about? Nope. Do I you mean, ask for things at this point? No. I mean... Yeah, I got a very fine pair of shoes. So already you, they're, they're under the tree. But okay. you already know what they are, though? Well, with shoes, you kind of got to, yeah, the wife the wife said, hey, get yourself some shoes. Okay. So I picked myself some shoes. You pick your own gifts. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to wear them next week? I probably Here? won't. They're like a alpine boot. Oh. So I've, I've never had a proper pair of good snowshoes. Mm. I mean, like shoes to wear in the snow. Mm. So I got myself a proper alpine boot. Okay. Yeah. Um, next week is obviously New Year's Eve. Yes. I'm going out of town on the 30th. I'm out of town on the 28th. So we're not recording next week. Nope. Okay. I was going to say I'll come in the morning of the 30th, but not the 28th. Yeah, yeah. Well, have a wonderful New Year's. You too. Merry Christmas. You too. I guess we'll see each other in 2021. Perfect. Listeners can have to just tough it next week without yeah, we us. Can, we, could, we could throw a New Year's Eve Zoom. Can we? No. Do you actually want to? Uh, no. Me neither. That's, that's <laughs> the Iron Man streak that we were bragging about an yeah. hour and a half ago. Shattered. Shattered. Yep. We'll start anew in 2021. Perfect. Until then, Chaz. Get barrel. Get barrel.